0: The first reading is from Mark chapter 10, verse 13, that's on page 1014 in our church Bibles. People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little children, little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them and blessed them. This is the word of the Lord. Second reading is from Ephesians chapter two, beginning at verse one. The heading says, made alive in Christ. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live, when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air. The spirit, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus for it is by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not from ourselves it is a gift from God not by works so that no one can boast For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. This is the word of the Lord.
1: I was talking to somebody about their experience of church as a child, and they said that uh, they remember having to wear their Sunday best to go to church, and they remember having to sit silently in the pews, not really understanding what was going on. And they remember having to sit and stand at various times and they said it really was an act of discipline more than an act of worship. You might think this is a person who would be well, uh, much older but in fact it was a young mum and perhaps one of the reasons that she hasn't brought her own child to church is because of her own upbringing, this sense of church being a place of discipline. And order and so it's quite refreshing to hear this reading of Jesus who welcomes the children and uh, potentially um, Ali as a kids minister has has had this as the as the prime passage for why we might do kids ministry that we would welcome children but if we understand the cultural significance of this passage that might help us understand more about the Kingdom of God. This short passage sits in a longer discourse about what the Kingdom of God is like and if you want to know what the Kingdom of God is like you can read further into this uh, discourse in Mark's Gospel. Jesus is talking about who is welcome in the Kingdom of God and the disciples. Uh, thinking that Jesus is this important person. Jesus is establishing this ministry. He's come to announce that the Kingdom of God is at hand. He's, in a way, come to announce that He is the Messiah, or in, in, in the Greek, the Christ. He's come to announce this, and therefore, in some ways, the disciples, who, if we read the Gospels, constantly get slightly wrong in how they perceive Jesus... They think Jesus is too important to be wasting time with people who don't benefit his cause. They want people who are going to advance this cause of Jesus. And therefore, they're wanting more people to join Jesus' mission. They want more people to come and listen to Jesus. They want more people to come and hear his teaching. They want more people to believe that he is the promised Messiah. They also want Jesus to somehow connect with people who are of influence. They want Jesus to connect with people who might uh, have religious significance and that's why sometimes we see that the Pharisees or the Sadducees, these religious leaders uh, in John's Gospel, Nicodemus, a significant religious leader connects with Jesus and the disciples would have been pleased that Jesus is making these influential connections. Potentially, we don't read a lot about this in the Gospels but we know that Jesus and his disciples would have required financial support and would have had to have lived off the uh, income of other people giving Because they were not working because they weren't doing their trades as fishermen and craftsmen anymore, but they were about the business of of teaching that the Kingdom of God was at hand. And so, in light of that, these children come along and want to meet Jesus and the disciples stop the children from coming. Children in this time couldn't own their own faith. Part of the, the, the process of, of studying the law and the Torah and, and what we would probably know today as a bar mitzvah is the point at which someone would own their faith. And so children before coming of age couldn't have joined Jesus in this mission of proclaiming him as Messiah because they weren't old enough to own their own faith. And those who've worked in kids ministry know the seeds of faith in children, and yet sometimes it's us adults who are blinded to the seeds of faith in children. Perhaps sometimes we're like the disciples who see the important people of faith as being the adults who can make the testimony of faith and who have said the sinner's prayer and given their life to Jesus. Also, children had no influence in society, children couldn't give testimony, children couldn't be an eyewitness. We also know at times that women couldn't give eyewitness and that's why there are so many accounts in the Gospels where it's children, it's the poor, it's the outcast, it's the women, it's the least expected that give testimony to who God is. And children here can't give testimony to who Jesus is and therefore the disciples have no interest in the the disciple uh, the children bothering Jesus and clearly also uh, the children had no finance to give and therefore they weren't very useful in supporting this traveling group of people so Jesus welcomes this ch- these children to show an important part an important aspect to the kingdom of God that he's come to announce. And the first one is that everybody is welcome in the kingdom of God irrespective of social status, class, gender or profession. Everybody is welcome in the kingdom of God. Jesus tells these parables which perhaps if we've grown up in church, And we teach kids' ministry, the parables are such great things to teach kids because they've got practical examples. And potentially, we've grown up thinking they're so normal. But many of the themes, many of the characters that are significant in the parables of Jesus are the very opposite of the culture of the day. And Jesus teaches these parables to show the people we think aren't welcome in the kingdom of God are the very important people in the kingdom of God and Jesus says that the lowly, the outcast, the people of least significance, particularly in this case children, are welcomed in the kingdom of God. I don't know about you, whether you've been uh, glued to your television set and seeing the, the constant footage about Queen Elizabeth II but there is story after story on the TV at the moment about people who you think wouldn't be worthy of meeting the Queen, and the Queen took the time to meet them. We potentially all have seen an image of the Queen welcoming a little child carrying a bouquet of flowers. And whilst there was security around and potentially the adults were stopped from uh, pestering the Queen, she always had time for a child to come forward and present a bouquet. And there was a lovely image I saw last night on the, the television of uh, the Queen insisting on her tour of Australia when, when the advisors were saying there was nothing significant to meet in the Northern Territory, that she insisted on going there to meet the Aboriginal people at the heart of our nation. And it was such a testimony how the Queen thought there wasn't anybody not worth meeting. And we can see in this story of Jesus today That he is somebody who thought that everybody was significant in the Kingdom of God. And the second point that we can see from this is that a place in the Kingdom of God is not earned. We have this wonderful uh, reading from Ephesians 2 which mentions twice that we are saved by grace, not by works. We haven't done anything to earn our place in the Kingdom of God. And God doesn't love us because of our social status. God doesn't love us because we've done a theology degree. God doesn't love us because we've said the sinner's prayer or, or, or we can list all the 39 articles of the Anglican Church of Australia. No, God loves us because he created us. God welcomes us into the kingdom, not because of what we've earned, but because of his grace through Jesus Christ. And so, Jesus knows that these children have nothing to offer his new movement, except their unwavering love of him as their Messiah. They're not influential, they can't leave their parents and follow him, but he loves them all the same. In many ways, it's a wonderful testimony For us today to have Ali and Alastair bring Emily forward for baptism. In many ways we can see that Emily hasn't earned her baptism can't we? She hasn't been able to say the sinner's prayer, she hasn't been able to give a theological statement of her acknowledgement of her faith but when we read Ephesians knowing that we're saved by grace not by works, It's a wonderful reason for us to acknowledge Emily's baptism here today. The ministry of Jesus reminds us that we are loved because God created us. There's nothing that we can do that would make God love us more. And the good news is also that there's nothing that we could do that could make God love us any less. When Jesus had taught everything to his disciples and his mission was done, and he was ready to hand it over to them under the power of the holy spirit to build the church he commissioned them to go to all the nations teaching everything that he had taught them and baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit and it's that baptism that we celebrate today it's this sense that generation after generation have learnt the teaching of jesus and been baptized into that teaching into that relationship with the loving God. And it's that baptism that we celebrate today as Emily comes forward for baptism. Today, as we baptise Emily, we are reminded that Emily is part of God's family and that we pray for her today. But we also accompany her on her journey as as she grows, and learns to become aware of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus, whether that's uh, in the, the years ahead or in the life ahead, we pray for her life together with Jesus as a disciple, that she'd grow stronger and stronger in her faith. For those who are unsure about their relationship with faith, their relationship with Jesus, and perhaps you've just come along here to support Ali and Alastair, today. I encourage you that you are loved by God. You don't have to know everything that we believe in order to put your faith and trust in Jesus. It's not something that you have to earn, it's not a, a piece of paper that you have to attain to, it's simply surrendering to the love that God already has for you and accepting His grace that He has so freely given you through Jesus who died on the cross and rose to new life for all of us. And for those of us who are baptised, potentially our own baptism is a distant memory, something that we've forgotten. But our baptism is our qualification to be the light of Christ in the world. Again, we as baptised believers don't need to do anything more than To be qualified enough to be the light of Christ in the world. We don't have to know every book of the Bible, we don't have to know certain theological principles before we can be the light of Christ in the world. Our baptism, which empowers us through the Holy Spirit, is the qualification to be the light of Christ in the world. Potentially today, as you see Emily baptized, may it remind you of your own baptism and invite you deeper, into your relationship with Jesus. And we make this prayer in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.